We're going to turn to worship through the Word of God here this morning, and we've got a combination of a of a uh, 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 honoring of recognizing Memorial Day, and as well as continuing, if you will, in our our series through the Book of John, and so. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, I'm going to to invite you to go ahead and turn to John chapter 15, verses 9 through 16. John 15, verses 9 through 16. As you're doing that, I want to see a show of of hands. I'm going to ask some, some questions here. How many of you have had a family member die in... The service of our country, or, or in the armed services of, of any country for that matter. How many of you had, have had a family member die in the armed services? Anybody in the house? Go ahead. Would you mind standing up just so... Okay, okay, raise that hand. Just raise the hand. There we go. All right. How many of you... How many of there... There, there was a handful of hands here. Um, how, many of, how many vets do we have in the house here? Can you raise your hand, please? Thank you for your service. Thank you. How many family members of, of vets do we have in the house? Because there are some vets that aren't even here. Yeah. Yeah. As we express on Memorial Day, one of the common phrases is freedom is not free. Right? Freedom is not free. It comes at a cost. Somebody secured it, helps secure it. Somebody's protecting it. And this is the same with our own spiritual freedom. It came at a cost. In light of today's message and in light of Memorial Day weekend, I wanted to share with you a letter about my great uncle, Herbert. This was a letter sent to his parents, December 30th, 1918, during the First World War. To Mr. David Barber, my dear Mr. Barber, I cannot tell you with what regret and sorrow I have faced the fact of writing this letter to you. What by this time you probably know of the death of your son, Herbert, at this hospital in France on December 18th, as the result of his wounds received in action on October 19th. The first time I really talked to Herbert for long was when he wanted me to write a letter for him to his dear home folks. He said he never dictated a letter before, and I could not help saying what a nice letter it was. I did so love to hear how clear or see how clear his big brown eyes were and what a fine expression was always on his face. Everyone who came in contact with him loved him. And he truly made a fight for life. We used to take him fruit and eggs and other things. And sometimes I read his Bible to him. Two nights before he died, I heard he was worse and went down to the ward to see him. And he promised me that he would be better in the morning. And sure enough, he was, it seemed, a little better. But the infection from his wounds, it spread and they could not save him. That night, before he died, I saw him, and that was the last time he was conscious and able to talk or to recognize me. 
He said then that he wanted me to write you and send his love. I was with him the next morning when his spirit left and his passing was quiet and peaceful for he was not conscious. We prayed so hard that your son might be spared. He seemed so fond of his home folks and I thought what a sorrow it would be to lose so fine a boy. I know that now it will not help you, but perhaps in time you will come to feel that death came to him most truly as a release from pain, as the victory of a life won after the battle bravely fought. And what a splendid battle it was in which your son gave his life. He truly died to make the world a better place to live in. I'm sure you, even in the midst of your loneliness and sorrow for his loss, must be proud of that. After the chaplain read a brief service, the coffin covered with the American flag was conducted to the cemetery. There the bugler, standing at the head of his grave, blew taps, and your son's body was lowered to rest, overlooking one of the most beautiful valleys in France. On Christmas Day, we put greens tied with our colors on every grave in the cemetery. And I paused a moment or two at your son's grave and thought of you, his dear ones at home. I wish there was something more I could say or tell you of his days. They were days of suffering nobly born, of gentleness and appreciation of anything that was done for him. And sometimes of humor and always when one asked how he was, he tried to say better today or feeling pretty well. It is truly a thing to be proud of that you had a son who could give such an impression to those with whom he came into contact. Faithfully yours, Florence Angel, American Red Cross. With stories like Herbert Barber's and others, we pause on a weekend like this because we know that sacrificial love, those who die in the pathway of serving others, is worth honoring. But honoring them is so much more than merely just pausing to remember should change our lives as we'll see in the text today if you haven't turned there go ahead and do so john 15 9 through 16 as the father has loved me so have i loved you abide in my love if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has none than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask in the Father 
whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Let's pray, friends. Holy Spirit, as we hear your word and receive your word, we, we hear these powerful, these powerful teaching from you, Jesus. Greater love has no one than this. And that one lay his life down for his friends. Lord Jesus, we pray. That as, as we just pause for just a brief moment, it's not enough, Lord God. But, but Jesus, we ask that, 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 that the power of your love would penetrate our hearts. This truth, Jesus, would sink deep, Lord God, and it would compel us. Lord God, there's, there's more than just merely intellectually acknowledging that day you died and you rose again. But God, that you desire to change us. And so that do that work in us this morning, God. Jesus, as you are alive, be alive in us. In your name, amen. These verses in this passage are most notably known, and for verse 13, of greater love has no one than this. That one Someone lay his life down for his friends. We, of course, these, these words have been used as uh, to memorialize those who've given their lives in the service of securing freedom and protecting the rights and livelihood of others. And it's right. It's right that we would do so. There's something instinctive about this, this, this need to honor those who have made the ultimate price, paid the ultimate price. Greater love is what, it's, is what Jesus calls it, giving it honor. But the greater love that Jesus is talking about ultimately, ultimately is his own love for us. The soldiers and that we honor, the vets that we honor in this weekend, we honor them for because they fought to secure and protect something. They sought to serve others. They fought against an enemy. But Jesus and his love is unique and that his love was in service of his enemies. Well, Jesus speaks of friends here. This passage, I am not going to be able to unpack as, as, as I should here appropriately. And we're going to be coming back to this so you know. Jesus speaks of his disciples here as friends. But the scriptures remind us elsewhere. Jesus' death for us is unique. In Romans 5, Paul says, But God shows us his love in this, while we're sinners... Christ died for us. Sinners, meaning meaning those who are undeserving, like Zacchaeus. He was undeserving. He was an outcast. That's what we deserve in our sin, our brokenness. All of us, like Rita reminded us, all of us are selfish, like Zacchaeus. Jesus' love, his sacrificial love, isn't something that we deserve. In fact, we deserve the ultimate punishment, the justice of God 
for our sin. Paul goes on later, he says, in Romans 5.10, he says, while we were his enemies, not just sinners, but we are God's enemies in our sin. You see, in our sin is pride. It's this declaration of I'm king in my life, in my heart. You will not tell me what to do. You will not have authority over me, God. This is my territory. Sin We have a hard time accepting this and getting this, but sin is a decision on our part as a declaration of war against God. I will have my way. We set ourselves in opposition to God. We don't like to hear that. We don't like to think of our sin as that significant, as that that depraved Is that dark? But if we don't understand the darkness of our sin and and, and what it deserves, we never, ever understand the love of God and what it means for us. We don't understand that it is greater love of what Jesus has done for us. In 1 John, John would later explain, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and that he died as an atoning sacrifice. He died satisfying the wrath of God, the justice of God. If God is love, God must be just. You can't have love without justice. And Jesus takes all of God's justice that's due all of humanity and due us, and he takes it in himself. In our place. Jesus didn't just die in battle fighting an enemy. Jesus died for his enemy. For you and me. He died in your place. That's worth remembering, amen? But that's not enough. That's not what these scriptures say. He said there there should be an effect. There should be an outcome that this love, when we get the greater love, there's something different that happens in us. It's that we love one another. Did you hear that in the passage? The so that, the ultimate purpose, the end result. If we are abiding, the, the image that Jesus uses is a, is a grapevine with branches that are shooting out of it. That, 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 that the lifeblood of that vine pulsates through that branch and it produces something. The fruit, the grapes. That if we are connected to Jesus, if we're receiving the love of Jesus that we don't deserve, then out of us must come love. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ and you're cutting people down behind their back and you're gossiping and you're holding on to bitterness and you're, and, and, and you're discriminating, you're like, I won't be with them because of their skin or, or their language or their culture or their, where they live. Or If you are putting up barriers in your heart towards others, 
There's, there's something wrong, friends. There's a question we need to ask. Are we really part of the vine? Have you really received Christ's love? Now, there's a difference between whether we're working at it, that I'm struggling, I've been wounded, and I'm hurt, and I'm working to lay this, 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 this hurt and harm down, this burdenness down. I'm working at it, Jesus. I'm coming to you. I'm receiving from you so I can, so I can forgive. And I'm trying to, to, to love on those who are different from me. I'm trying. There's, there's, there's a difference between where we're working at it, where we're letting the love of Jesus work through us, but it's a struggle, and, the, and then just living in it. Living in selfishness. Not confronting it. Not acknowledging it. I don't know about you, but when I'm wounded, I'm one of those, I can't, it just doesn't naturally let it go and stuff comes up. And when I'm mowing the lawn of all the times, I'm mowing the lawn and all these kind of past hurts get up and it's like a hamster on a wheel and just coming up and, and it's like my heart starts to get better and like, oh Lord, I have to work at it. Jesus, you've loved me. I don't want to hold on to these things. As I go throughout my day, I'm selfish. I don't know about you guys, but I'm some kind of nasty selfish. And I have to pray constantly. Lord, help me be aware of the needs of others. Help me to be present. Not just get in my, in, in my little cattle path here and just focus on me and my needs. Lord, help me to be aware of those people I'm avoiding. Maybe those differences or I've, there's these these, these groups of people that are types of person. Lord, help me be aware of that. I want to step towards them like step towards me. I have to actively pray. This isn't something natural for us as human beings. Do you know what's natural? Sin. We don't have to think about it. We just do it. We just live it. But we have to abide. The instruction here for us This sacrifice that Jesus isn't merely to be thought about, isn't merely to be remembered and memorialized. The sacrifices of these soldiers, they fought to serve, to protect freedom, to secure freedom. We don't use that freedom to attack each other. We don't use that freedom to merely just indulge in whatever. We're we're just going to do whatever we want. That's what freedom means. Freedom means to love. Do you get it? You're going to take, it's going to take some time to chew on this and to break this down. Freedom is the ability to love. Not the ability to do whatever you want. You see, that's the slavery we're stuck in. I'm going to do whatever I want. We don't memorialize the people who've sacrificed so much for our freedom by merely just acknowledging it. We love those who are different. We love those we disagree with. We love those who are in sin. Because there is sin. Love isn't just inclusive and we erase morality. And we erase values. Love steps toward in the midst of it. So what are you doing? What are you doing with your freedom? What are you doing with this greater love that has laid itself down for you? 
Are you letting it pulse through your veins and through your heart and causing you to love? Do you need to do a heart check this morning? As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, as we acknowledge the great sacrifice you've made today for us, Jesus, God, we are so prone to merely let it tickle our intellect. Maybe it'll move us emotionally, but we leave it here in these seats, in this building. Jesus, forgive us for treating your love with such dishonor. Jesus, we come to abide, to be these branches attached to the vine, to let your love pulse through us, change us, Jesus. Let us love like you have loved us. Like you loved Zacchaeus. Let us love Jesus. Let us see this world changed, God. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.